Hey, hey! Welcome to episode 44 of the Authors Read Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Ryan. Today's guest is Dr. William Putzis, and he'll read from his book, The Carrot and the Stick, Leveraging Strategic Control for Growth. The Carrot and the Stick. A new moment in history. This is arguably the most exciting time ever to be in business. We are experiencing sweeping changes worldwide that are affecting business today in ways that we've never seen before and providing once-in-a-lifetime business opportunities. Furthermore, the speed and magnitude of the changes are unprecedented. The dissemination of information via the Internet has fundamentally changed the way firms compete and win. To illustrate, contemplate the following. In less than five years, RIM, now BlackBerry, went from having a higher market share in the smartphone market than Apple and Samsung combined to a market share of less than 1%. Such rapid change is unprecedented. The Renaissance and the Industrial Revolution, Michelangelo, Da Vinci, Vanderbilt and Rockefeller. We look back on periods of expansion like the Renaissance and the Industrial Revolution and imagine them as exciting times with world-expanding possibilities wherein giants and titans of culture and industry changed our world. As Bill Gates once said, we, owe, we always overestimate the change that will occur in the next two years and underestimate the change that will occur in the next 10. Today, the pace of change is so fast, it's hard to overestimate. At some point in the future, people will look back on today and view this as the greatest period of expansion and opportunity in the history of the planet and a time like no other in the world of business. To understand why, Think back to the early days of the internet and the dot-com period of the late 1990s. The claim then was that the internet would transform our lives, and instant communication, for example email, would transform our productivity. However, while many have indeed worked harder with 24-7 connectivity, the impact on innovation, productivity, and opportunity often hasn't mirrored the hype and the hope. Interconnectedness, ubiquity, always on, mobility. One of the central reasons is that applications and users were often standalone. For example, when we used, used to create a Microsoft Word file and email it to a colleague, we often needed to do it while changed, chained to an Ethernet-wired desk. Similarly, we calculated forecasts using an Excel spreadsheet or a SAS database. The data weren't linked to other parts of the production process. Thus, our work at our desk wasn't fully available in real time. The combination of interconnectedness, ubiquity, always on, and mobility today has brought multiple devices, forms of production, platforms, and huge data slash analytical capabilities together to fundamentally transform business in ways that we've never seen before and probably will never see again in our lifetimes. This is a time when someone in a remote village can write an app that becomes a multi-million dollar business and a student writing code in a dorm room can become one of the richest people on the planet. The industrial internet, sensors, operable devices in our homes and factories, advanced robotics, artificial intelligence, and 3D printers are just starting to transform the nature of production, distribution, finance, and business strategy. To illustrate, we're expected to have more than 50 billion connected devices in 2020, by the end of 2020, and IDC, Forecast the worldwide market for the Internet of Things solutions will be 7.1 trillion by the end of 2025. Cisco estimates the economic value created by the Internet Things 
will be 19 trillion in 2020. Jobs, Zuckerberg, Musk, Bezos, Brin, Schmidt, Gates. Google was once just a search engine. However, now it's poised to be dominant elsewhere in internet advertising, mobile phones, television, internet provision, and maps, for example. We no longer exclusively book hotel rooms through the usual brands or rent rooms or private apartments from Airbnb. We no longer hail taxis, but rent rides from companies such as Uber or Lyft. And we increasingly rent cars as we need them by the hour through companies like Zipcar. Ali, an offering by Local Motors, will even pick you up, like Uber, in a driverless bus powered by IBM's Watson, and the list goes on. Just think about the fact that Uber, the world's largest taxi company, owns no, no vehicles. Facebook, the world's most popular media owner, creates no content. Alibaba, the most valuable retailer, has no inventory. And Airbnb, the world's largest accommodations provider, owns no real estate. However, there's often a fine line between success and failure. Just think about the following. There were more than 17,000 YouTubes before YouTube. There were 18 web search engine services before Google, some quite similar to Google. Net2Phone launched the year before Skype. Friendster and many others came before Facebook. So what's different about today? And why do some succeed while others fail? So an illustration of what's new about today. Imagine being a manufacturer of white goods, washing machines, dryers, refrigerators. For most of your career, you have competed on a combination of cost, distribution, sales, and features. The latter ranging from the beautiful avocado colors of the 1970s to more recent stainless steel finishes. You may segment your market, have a range of offerings, lines, and prices to match different budgets and preferences. Your entire career may have been spent on competing in the value chain, working on production system to gain advantage on the cost side, and working the sales teams to compete in a consolidating retail environment, all in an attempt to squeeze margin inside of an intensely competitive industry. However, in the early 2000s, white good manufacturers were salivating over the prospect of charging huge margins for internet-enabled devices, refrigerators, and other similar devices that would be connected to the internet via touchscreens on devices. This connection could, for example, enable users to control the devices while away from home and order food items to complete recipes. However, although manufacturers could potentially extract huge margins for these new internet-enabled devices, they ran into at least a couple, at least a couple of major obstacles. First, customers didn't flock to the devices when they were introduced. There simply wasn't enough benefit. Smartphones didn't have huge penetration yet, so connecting the appliances remotely was difficult. Besides, exactly what would you do with your refrigerator when you were away from home anyway? Second, once smartphone and tablets began to pervade the market, any functionality offered by your internet-enabled fridge could be replicated with a great deal of additional functionality and mobility with your phone. So why in the world would anyone need an internet-enabled refrigerator? Fast forward to 2020. Imagine a world where objects around us can talk to each other. The baby is crying. Soothing music plays in response. A storm is coming, ground is, or the ground is sufficiently moist. The irrigation system shuts off automatically. You drive your car out of garage. Your lights turn off. Heating and cooling adjusts. Your alarm and motion sensors are automatically turned on. Your doors automatically lock. Your coffee, coffee maker coordinates with your clock so that it turns on five minutes before your alarm goes off. Or your local Starbucks senses your approach and begins preparing your usual order. 
The tag on your dog's collar sends you a text message in the event that Fido leaves the yard. The heating system in your swimming pool coordinates with your outlook calendar, and your basketball court automatically tracks your shot percentage. Well, maybe all of this isn't such a good idea after all. However, the plot, this isn't a plot from some, the movie, but rather reality that is feasible today, and it's becoming commonplace. Each individual part has generally been feasible for some time now, but is the interconnected and ubiquitous nature of information that has transformed the merely feasible into business opportunities and modern-day realities. Think ecosystems, not platforms, and platforms, not products. Now back to the white goods example. Imagine a smart refrigerator that can determine the expiration date on a carton of milk in your fridge and cross-reference the contents what's content with what's available in your pantry to confirm your choice of a recipe on Friday night. You no longer need the touchscreen in the front of the refrigerator as originally envisioned. You can do all of that with your smartphone or tablet. However, what if the refrigerator could automatically order and have that delivered to your door, a new carton of milk to replace the one you used up the night before? What, are you now interested in the premium the manufacturer will charge? There's a whole host of evidence from Wi-Fi enabled the, uh, smart televisions to home assistants that suggests consumers are, are indeed willing to pay more for the devices themselves when the internet enabled. There may be opportunities for companies that connect, interconnect it all seamlessly in and out of the home. At present, Alphabet, Google, is the company poised to do just that, particularly with their $3.2 billion purchase in Nest way back in January 2014. Time will tell if they went out. However, our lesson is that it is exactly the right play today. Nest is a perfect for them inside the home. The carrot and the stick approach to strategy. Thus, the key premise of the book is that today's environment, effective and long-lasting strategy, must take a carrot and stick approach based on principles of strategic control points and vertically aligned incentives. Companies that not only realize this but execute around it are the ones that dominate the competitive landscape today. This book is about what we can learn from this understanding, how can you, you can utilize these principles for your business. I'd like to thank Dr. Putsis for sharing his book with us today, and thank you for listening to the Authors Read podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for the link to the book. If you'd like to support the Authors Read podcast, please like, subscribe, or share. Until next time.